Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Just Naps podcast with me, Nabila and... Nabil, hello. Hi, it's been so long. It has, it has. It has been, I feel so bad. The last episode we did was just us asking each other questions, right? Yeah, it's like three weeks ago, wasn't it? Jeez, so much has happened since then. And then today we have a guest with us. We have Zahra. Hi. Hi. Hello. So it's going to be a very exciting episode, as it always is with guests. Um, (laughs) But yeah, how have you been? (laughs) How have you been, Nabil? I'm super fine, super fine. Thank you. Um, I'm just enjoying my little holiday. Um, yeah. And how about you? Your little honeymoon. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> how about you? I have been. Um, I've been okay. It has been a week for me. Uh, last week was just the most um, insane week. Um, and we also, we were featured on Africa Podfest, um, Instagram page last week. So if anyone hasn't heard of them before, they are a platform that, um, showcases African podcasters. So we were there, South African podcasters of the week i'm officially Um, south african yeah you are officially (laughs) south african (laughs) and i was like that what a week for them to spotlight south africa i mean with everything that was going on last week i was just like could you have been a week (laughs) earlier um with oh yeah Yeah. but anyways it was it was cool we are going to be live with them yeah on the Um, 31st 31st of July at 9 a.m. South African time. Yeah, it's a Saturday, um, so you have no excuse. No excuse. Yeah, not and I to know people there. wake up early on a Saturday. Yeah. Mm-mm. What time do you wake up at uh, on Saturdays? Oh, I wake up at like six on a Saturday. I don't know why. In the week, I can't get up yeah. before eight, Mm-mm. but on a Saturday, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So going back to to last week, like a lot of people have been asking me, um, I, I took a break from Twitter because it was just too much. So if you haven't heard or didn't hear, there were riots and looting in South Africa, which started because our former president was arrested. And so it started off... Um, for uh, people asking for him to be free and then it just escalated and um, you know opportunists joined in and basically in my city my city was one of the cities that were affected and Gauteng uh, a few areas in Gauteng were also affected but they just went around started stealing fridges, microwaves, flat screen TVs, like groceries, uh, clothes, anything you can think of was looted. And then after the looting, they started burning down stuff. So warehouses were gone, shopping malls were trashed. 
there were gunshots every night. Um, you could smell smell burning tire. There was smoke um over the horizon everywhere. Um, the supermarkets that were left uh were closed, so there was no way of getting groceries. It was just I was like, this is only like an ounce of what Palestinians experience, but I was just like. It was just, it was too much. Um, But from that, the one positive thing was the way our community came together. Um, People started, you know, the neighborhood watches were protecting their their neighborhoods. Um, People just banded together to get food to people who who didn't have access to it, you know, putting hampers together, like just whatever, whoever had extra in their fridges and their cupboards, they just like emptied it out and just, you know, baby formula, baby nappies, things that people needed urgently because all this happened so suddenly. So it's it's not like lockdown Mm -hmm. where they announced like, okay, lockdown is happening and then everyone stockpiles this just like. Sunday, you're going about your day, you're living a normal life, you know, it was the Euro finals, and then suddenly it just escalated. So, yeah, the I just, I'm so grateful for our community, and, you know, people went around on the weekend just cleaning up areas, taking their own stuff, their own, taking time off, and just the streets, yeah, the streets have been cleaned most of it Mm. um or a lot of it so that was that was something that i you know just warmed my heart seeing our community like this of course every community such times um many many times communities do come together against uh one single evil which is looting for for instance so um, yeah it's very nice it's very nice and Oh, stay safe to everyone still out there. You know, you see people with different skills um, offering their help, and it's just, it's, it was so amazing to see. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've ever, ex- I don't think you've ever experienced something like this. Uh, hardly it was so. Like, <laughs> it was like World War II vibes, you know, food yeah. rationing. And the mm. worst part, like, I don't know how to explain to my cats that they can't eat <laughs> a lot because. <laughs> We can't get them food. Um, oh, no, but we managed. Bad. We had enough cat food, but like we had to ration them and they were a bit angry at that. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> the big one was like, usually we let him out at night, but we were keeping him inside because, you know, obviously like the gunshots and stuff. And he was so angry. He would just like sit and glare at us from the couch. Like, how dare you keep me indoors? Wow. Oh my god, and if you look at the other side of the world, which is England, uh, before Euros, they were literally looting their own cities, uh, yeah. especially London, to celebrate uh, their football team being in the finals. So, and they lost, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh yes, your country won. Congratulations uh-huh. yeah. on that. Thanks, thanks. I'm still, uh, yeah, still feeling good about it. Um, especially because it was the English. Um, so these these stupid things were literally looting their own cities. They were destroying their own cities. Um, it was chaotic. Yeah. And then while all that is happening, then 
stuff is happening here as well. And then also the next day, I don't know, I was just like, you know, you're so upset that your team lost a tournament final. I'm like, people here are literally losing their businesses and homes as well. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So it was just like two very extreme, like even seeing people in other provinces just like living normal lives, going out. And I'm like, bro, we have access to nothing. And you like, it's like we're living in a different world. And uh, uh, what about your president? Has, be, has he been freed or not? No, no, no. The, the former president, no. The yeah. current president, you know, we had pretty much no help from government it was like other provinces did help out like with food and bread and everything it's i mean it was amazing but our government all they did was send out the military and the military are just like going and getting back the looted stuff from the people like that's not what we need right now yeah it's it was uh, yeah it was a lot but um I know, just this weekend was a bit of recovery and I just stayed off Twitter, which was very good for my mental health. I can imagine. You know, people were like creating racial divides and like instigating it and like egging it on. And I'm just like, no, guys, it's not a race war. Yeah, I've seen the thing about uh, blacks versus Indians. Indians. Yeah. Mm. Which Which is, to be fair, a recurring thing. Uh, in other African countries. I, I can remember, um, what was the name of that dictator? Yeah, in Uganda with Idi Amin. Idi Amin, mm. yeah. Who, yeah. So it's kind of a recurring thing. And we can say that once again, who's the cause of all of this? The British, who took the Indians <laughs> and brought them to Africa. And that is that is their fault. So you can blame... The bloody English once again. Yeah, I knew you'd have a field day with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hate them. But anyway. The funniest part for me, though, it was, so, you know, my brother, my brother's a pilot. So he, um, he was saying the airport was so busy with um, white, rich white people, like hmm. just packing their private jets and their charter planes <laughs> and getting the F out. Oh my God, oh, see? Like they were taking their pets and everything, like just sh- the skies, like you, all you could hear was just these like private um, planes just flying over the city. So there it was, was so funny. there was some positive sides to it. <laughs> rich white people leaving I mean that's <laughs> <laughs> no they're just going to their holiday homes they'll be back okay. you know when everything settles when everything settles <laughs> they'll be back just like rats <laughs> alright uh, anyway no, but also actually you know um, something also amazing that happened was someone in Scotland actually reached out to me to ask, you know, which malls are still open and, um, you know, what's the closest mall because one of his friends in South Africa was looking for groceries. So I was like, you know what, give me her number. Maybe yeah. I can help her out. Mm-hmm. But now there was a fuel shortage. So now she, can't, she couldn't travel from her town to, to me to get the stuff. 
So anyways, I got in contact with her and, you know, messaged her. She's like, no, she has groceries, but now there are old people and disabled people in her community who don't have access to anything. So, you know, then obviously, like, you can't just be like, okay, no, this is not my problem. So, Mm. you know, we just asked around and managed to sort our things and, you know, get stuff to them, which is amazing because, like, a person from Scotland, like, you're not even here. But, yeah, kudos to her as well and him for reaching out. So you get stuff from sources that you never imagined. Which is why the internet is so great. Of course. Without the internet, we wouldn't have this podcast. I mean, uh, there wouldn't be any podcasts anyway. We'll be on the radio, maybe. Oh, yeah. That was my dream as a kid, actually. To be on the radio. To have your own Mm, show on the radio. To be on radio. radio. I mean, radio is just a live podcast, isn't it? Yeah. You could do a live episode and that's it. I mean, live (laughs) recorded audio episode and that's it. That's radio for you. Mm. Yeah, we do that. We'll do that. Um, and then we do a video one, and that's TV. <laughs> We've done it all. <laughs> yeah. My my sister and I, like, when we were younger, we used to create, like, TV ads in the mirror. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was always destined to be in um, advertising and media. Uh, huh? Imagine having, having, having our own channel on TV where we do literally everything. So every single ad, every single commercial, it's, it's just us. Promoting different yeah. things. <laughs> that, would be, that would be so cool. And it's only stuff that we like. Exactly. That we'll advertise. And like brands so, that we use. So it's like 24 hours a day of watching us. It's just us. Oh, you will love that. You yeah. will absolutely love that. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, we have today, as you said, we have with us Zahram. Yes. Um, so hey. welcome. Tell us something about you. Right. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, like people say, tell me something about you, and then you all of a sudden just forget everything about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I didn't um, ask you for your yes. CV first, so you can yeah just <laughs> <laughs> go with it. So, Whoever comes um, smart. I'm from South Africa. I'm 22. Mm. Um, a second year zoology slash theatre student. And, um, I don't know, usually people find it interesting that I used to train dolphins and seals, so that's what oh. I do. And I'm queer. Well, have you ever trained, have you, have you ever trained, have you ever trained penguins as well? Yes, I actually have. They are the best, oh my Lord. but they're also a little aggressive when they're hungry. Wow. Oh, they're not, they're not. No, that's the way to <laughs> They <show> are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. By like pecking at your fingers so that you have cuts all over them. <laughs> but it's great. It's, I love it. I would love that too. <laughs> Marvelous. Yes. Um, so, you, so, you know, we, we, we like to interview people who are unique in their field or in their, you know, whoever they are. Um or who have been stereotyped, um, which is why we got Zahra on. Um, just to chat about, you know, sometimes we, we're all Muslim here, right? And with yeah. the Muslim community, there's a lot of stereotypes and stigma attached um, to being queer. 
and you know you when you tell someone like or if someone says you know i'm i'm gay or i'm lesbian or and then they're like oh my god haram <laughs> um <laughs> how, how do you deal with that <laughs> you know that's the first thing they're like oh my god you're a child of the devil this is so haram you're not allowed to um <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I? (laughs) No, not at all. I mean, it's been such a long process to get to the point that I am at today, where I'm just like, everybody has their own opinions. But starting out, I was very affected by things people would say. um, And I was very like ashamed of who I was. Um, So I try and hide it as much as possible. Um, But then I realized that by hiding myself, I wasn't happy. I was just making myself miserable. And I realized that I kind of need to live in my own truth and not just be part of myself for some. So it was a long process and there were a lot of homophobic comments that came to me. I'm not even lying. The ulama came for me. So what? It was, yeah. They came for me. I've been denied jobs because I am lesbian. I have been told, um, we organized a protest for Palestine. Like, this was this year. And mm. someone from the ulama said, no, don't go to the protest. It's haram because one of them, um, head, oh. the head of the organization is a lesbian. I was oh, like, God. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's but at that point, it didn't bother me entirely. I mean, it, it made me cry a little because I'm very emotional but yeah, no. like, I'm still gonna go for it, and I'm still gonna do it and I'm not gonna hide away from society and I think yeah. just learning to love myself and accept myself kind of led me to where I am right now people say oh you know sometimes when you're a kid they're like oh you don't know what you want oh it's just a phase yeah. so what was it like for you at the beginning so it's very funny because when I was seven I had this massive crush on my best friend <laughs> so mm. <laughs> I mean I should have figured out by then it's such a stereotype but then I was like oh, yeah it's normal. like girls can like girls it's normal um, and then I went to like a Muslim school I kind of forgot about it and then when I was 14 I moved to an all-girls school and there was mm. this girl who was like my really good friend now. Um, and all of a sudden I was having these crazy feelings and emotions. And I was like, wait, this is actually a thing. I think <laughs> I might be into women. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was 14 at the time. And I was like, okay, no, this is definitely like for sure. I I don't only identify as straight. Like I don't, I'm not only attracted to men. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm bisexual. I'll just label myself as bisexual. Um, And then at 16, I had my first girlfriend. So, I mean, it all kind of lined up like that. And at that point, I was like, it's normal, I guess. This is what everyone feels this way. But I knew it wasn't normal because I had to hide it. So I knew the feelings were normal, but I knew that in the Muslim community, it's not normal. So I hid it. Yeah. And your family, how did they react? Oh my gosh, it's like, it was bad. <laughs> so I come from a very strict Muslim family. Like from the age of two, I was in a hijab. I was told not to wear, like wear, um, wear anything revealing. I was not allowed to talk to boys. I was not yeah. allowed to go out. Like I was a proper well, you're not doing that. at-home Muslim girl. You're not, you're not <laughs> doing that though. <laughs> you're not doing that. You're not talking to boys. So this should be happening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
so I mean when when I came out it was because I was caught with my girlfriend and um I got outed not in the way I wanted oh, to be I wanted to oh, have time to tell people yeah who caught you my sister who caught you <laughs> no <laughs> I could make a movie yeah. out of this I feel like you're current it's such a story <laughs> Um okay. And so yeah, she she asked me to my family and I, I denied it because my girlfriend was over from from where she lives. She lives in Joburg. So, um I deny it and I was like, "No, she's lying." And I felt so bad for making my sister-in-law a liar, but I wasn't ready to come out and it wasn't her place to kind of out yeah. me. Um and then actually I had to yeah. give in and I said, "Okay, fine. I'm like I'm bisexual." Um and my parents, my whole family didn't speak to me for four months. I had to move <gasps> to my grandparents' farm where I'm at currently right now because they they're very liberal and they knew from like when I was what 10, 11 already. Um so I was with them for four months and I remember it was my 18th birthday nobody wished me in my family no one <gasps> came to see me I was so devastated shame <laughs> yeah but I mean eventually I got over it because after the four months and they slowly started speaking to me and I think everyone just thought it was a phase but you're lucky you had that support from your grandparents cuz I know a lot of people who don't actually have the support they need. I am very lucky. <laughs> And who was who was the first person you ever told uh spontaneously and willingly? It was my grandfather. <laughs> I told him. Okay. I was like, "Ada, um I like girls." And he was like, "Oh, that's okay. My best friend is gay." And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Cute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I I think uh, of course I, I could never I could never speak for with experience but I feel like the best way to react to someone coming out to you because that's the whole thing I mean how you react kind of defines how that person is going to feel about you in the future I think yeah. indifference at the end of it is the best way to react I mean yeah I yeah. I'm gay and so uh, like it shouldn't be a news um yeah so that that's what i mean um but so i mean when you say like your grandfather said and uh, my 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 best friend is uh, is gay i mean yeah i mean indifference i feel i feel like will be the best reaction correct me if i'm wrong yeah like i don't get why there's like a coming out exactly. thing exactly. like why is coming out a thing exactly. like to me it's always been like when we are 12 or whatever it's like we don't go oh i am um what's i forgot <laughs> heterosexual um heterosexual <laughs> like you don't go like oh mom i'm into boys <laughs> and <laughs> yeah <laughs> no 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 i completely understand and and i have this friend of mine who uh luckily she says i she never had to come out to do any coming out she just invited her girlfriend over they had dinner just as i could invite my yeah. girlfriend over and have dinner and and that's it yeah. and i think that's that's the best way society can move forward um furthermore yeah. um i really really um like this kind of experiences and i'll tell you why Because many many times so in the in our muslim community we need to move forward a bit we need to uh modernize our the way we interact with society and uh 
many many times we have uh, some people from the western world who kind of uh, approach us like to teach us how we should move on with society when there's people like us muslims who rise up and try to change it from inside it's far better because it's far less patronizing and colonizing to some extent rather than hearing it from an american for instance so i'm really really happy about that and um may i ask you is there um any like uh after i mean how old are you now if i may ask Sarah? i'm 22 Okay, 22. So has uh, the relationship yeah. with your family evolved? Um, I think right now they all know, but they're all in denial. <laughs> so it's that oh, we'll just still... ignore it and pretend it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's basically where it's at. I think that's how most Muslim yeah. people deal with issues that yeah. are non-conforming to their beliefs. Sleep it under beliefs. the carpet. Yeah, just sweep it under the carpet. Like also, I I noticed like a lot of families who have drug addict um, kids, they are in complete denial about their kids being drug addicts or they'll like, you know, when they get help for them, they like sweep it under the rug and like hush, hush. And no one must ask about their (laughs) children. And like this guy had a, you know, drug relapse or I don't know, overdose or something. And then his parents were like, he fell off a ladder and hurt his leg. Oh, gosh. I was just like, we all know he's on drugs. But anyways, Uh, yeah, it's like, you know. I think it's all about all around appearances. Appearances matter yes. too much in the Muslim yeah. world to some extent, and I'm thinking general. Mm. And we need to go to, I mean, to go over it. Over it. Um, but also, like, if something yeah. doesn't conform to your beliefs, we're not asking you to change your beliefs. You just need to treat yeah. people like human beings. Just interact yeah. normally with people. Yeah, yeah stop mean, being weird. Don't that's, be weird. That's why I say no. You know what? That's why I say that indifference is the best way to to deal with it. Because if, like, if 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 someone comes down to you and you try to force your happiness about it, and every time you try to to do things to uh, make them feel good on purpose, sometimes it goes over the edge and it seems a bit false. So that's why yeah. I say indifference is the best thing. I mean, just interact how, however you would interact if if my friend comes down to me and says he's gay i don't give a shit to be fair yeah. and if it makes me angry i'm going to um to go over it and i'm going to insult him and whatever because it's like i'm going to treat him as any other human being um yes. that's why i i, I do agree a hundred percent with the fact that we don't need any coming out i mean coming out shouldn't mm. be a thing shouldn't exist uh what's coming yeah. out oh hi mom I, I like girls yeah i like boys well, who gives a shit uh, exactly like... but yeah i can only imagine like fear of coming out at a young like i mean when i was a teenager i, I couldn't even tell my parents that i liked someone like a boy like and, and that's so you need, normal you need nature, to, ca- like... to come out as heterosexual <laughs> yeah i'm scared no do you know at this age at this age too i'm even scared to say anything uh, <laughs> i don't know but they like oh but you need to get married but like you go from this phase where you like don't talk to boys right? to where's my grandchildren 
I don't even okay. like children. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That, that's why I said it's all about appearances. Um, and that's, that's a bit fucked up. Mm. Yeah, but whatever. And, uh, yeah, but like, not at this age too. Like, I still, like, even if I found someone, I'd be like, I don't know how to tell them. Like, how do you tell them someone? Oh, I mean, yeah. it's a bit easier for me, of course, for obvious oh, yeah, reasons. Obviously, yeah. obviously. Um, first of all, because I'm male. Shall so we do your privilege checklist again? <laughs> you know, I, I, in, uh, on this uh, on this thing, I mean, it's it's huge my privilege. I mean, het- I mean, I'm heterosexual. Um, uh, a boy. Um, I'm uh, living in a Western country, which is all a bit l- more liberal. So it's my my, my checklist of privileges is you white bit... passing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he he loves doing this checklist. Like he just loves rubbing you know, his privilege. You know, in our face. you know how we're all about to acknowledge your privilege. I do it while bragging about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you managed to do that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and Zaga, have you found um, a any support? Is there a community, um, like an LGBTQ plus community, uh, there where you live, or is it like more um, a more personal thing, and you haven't found any support, or kind of from any such uh, such a community well um to be very honest the community where i live or where my hometown is is very small so when i came out i didn't know anyone else who was part of the lgbtqi plus community um so it is very much okay i have to figure this out for myself um, mm. But when I moved to Durban, where Nabila is, and I started working at Ushaka, there's a very big LGBTQ plus community there. So I found people like me, and within that space, working space, I became more comfortable with myself and more expressive in a way. Um, is it is it a community yeah. at large, or is it a Muslim LGBTQI plus community? Um. Well, it was just a community at large because I think I was one of two Muslims at Ushaka. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I volunteered there as well oh, have you? a few years ago before. Yeah, I used to take people on tours of the aquarium. It's such a beautiful oh. aquarium. Mm, it is. It's it's one of the best I've ever seen. With yeah. penguins. Yeah. Yeah, they are penguins. Great penguins. Yeah. Marvelous. I need to visit. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I was just thinking of um, of stories I've heard. You know, you won't find a lot of Muslim people coming out. Um, and I've heard so many stories of men who have been homosexual and they marry, um, you know, the, either their families find out or they're too embarrassed to come out and they marry women and they've they become so abusive towards these women and yeah. make the, the their wives miserable because you know they can't give her satisfaction or what she wants and it's just it's so sad like the older older generation tell us when we're young like you know this is a sin and 
they don't tell you like how they don't teach you how to deal with it that you know if you ever find yourself I mean you can't help it that's that's how you you're you're built it's yeah. your body's natural thing like yeah but they don't teach you like okay so if you you know if you find that you are attracted to the same gender like what what's the next like they yeah. don't teach you coping yes basically yes. it's just you just taught this is a sin stay away from it but if that's how your body is built like you can't stay away from yeah. it how do i deal with exactly. it as a muslim yeah well the way i see it is that islam as opposed to um Christianity, for instance, so Catholics, for instance, they have a Pope who dictates kind of how you should behave. We don't. And that is a huge strength of ours because there are many, many ways to be a Muslim, uh, to be a good Muslim. No one is perfect and no one, and yes, mm. as human beings, we try to strive for perfection, uh, knowingly and knowing that we, we, we cannot reach that. But there are many, many ways to be a Muslim. And the best yeah. way to be a Muslim is to try to be your best in your life and yes. leave it to others. I mean, everyone is free to live their own life. If, um, if someone uh, feels, feels good about themselves, living it in a, in a way rather than your way, that should be their, their, own, their own thing. Um, I cannot yeah. imagine having this much time in my day to live my life and live other 7 billion people's yeah. lives. <laughs> that is, I mean, you should yeah. have some free time. So to be a good Muslim, and I'm saying this to, to every single Muslim listening to us, to be a good Muslim, you need to be a good Muslim in your life. You don't need yeah. to, to make others good Muslims. I mean, if you're seeing someone who's going to kill someone else, okay, you can say that's not, that's not good. But other than that, other than this extreme examples just live your life and let others yeah. live theirs um and that's it yeah. so uh, i think that's that's what we need as as muslims and, and and again i can't see where the difficulty is in this i mean where the issue is in this yeah. it, it seems in my brain in my head it seems so easy to do uh to just mind yeah. your business mm -hmm. but apparently for some, for some people it's clearly not <laughs> But I think Again, it's, you have so much free time. Yeah. But um, I think also with Muslim communities, the more they antagonize and the more they bully um, the queer Muslim communities or anyone that's different to what they believe, the further away these people pull from Islam. And it's entirely their fault. You can't blame exactly. the person yeah. for um, withdrawing and saying, I don't want to be Muslim anymore. Um, and say it's their own fault but it's actually yours mm. because you've been bullying them and you've been making them feel like they have no place in islam that they felt they had to remove themselves Absolutely. and i feel like this yeah. is so important because i felt that way for such a long time and to me islam is important to me my religion is important but there was a time where i was like i don't want to be muslim anymore because of the way people are treating me the way people yeah. are bullying me i'm rather just going to leave it entirely and when i think about it now 
I didn't have anyone back then to listen to or anyone to tell me that it's okay to feel this way. Um, it's not your fault. It's their fault for making you feel this way. And mm-hmm. you're, you're allowed to take a break and just rethink where you're at and come back to Islam if you want to. And that's kind of like how I found myself coming back to Islam. But the more people bully and the more the ulama or the more Muslim Muslims are just going to antagonize and bully, the more the smaller communities or the minorities are going to pull away from Islam and it's their fault. Yeah. And to be to be fair, I think it's pulling them off the minority groups. Yeah. I yeah, and I, to be fair, I think it's more tricky as a parent to make your yeah. children, your son, your daughter, whatever, uh, marry their cousins, forcing them to marry their yeah. cousins, <laughs> than letting them marry whoever they want. So I think from a life perspective, living my life uh, in the first uh, in the first option of the two, I think it will be trickier. So yeah. I can't see I can't see where the issue is, but yeah. I'm uh, yeah. Apparently. The whole imagine cousins thing is so weird. <laughs> I mean, like, I look at my cousins and I'm like, we all grew up together. Like, that's so exactly. weird. <laughs> exactly. They're like your siblings, but, yeah. 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 I could yeah. never imagine. But it, it happens. It happens because, um, I mean, I've seen countless families with uh, cousins married, being married. So mm. Yeah, no, um, I also know a few. Yeah, so there's there's a question which I've been wanting to ask for for so long, um, because again, uh, this time not to brag, but I've, I've I could never conceive anything <laughs> like this. Um, when you're part, uh, so I'm a part of of a minority here because I'm Muslim in a uh, yes. in a European country, so it is a minority. When you hear about uh, like a certain minority being celebrated. Is that a positive thing or or a negative thing? Because when I hear Muslims need to be celebrated, I don't like that. No, we don't need to be celebrated. <laughs> so, do you feel like uh, you as a minority uh, need to be celebrated, or are you just asking like to live your life and to no one care about you, uh, or celebrate you just because you are a, a certain person? Yeah. Um, so I think this answer would be different for everyone. And I think it really depends on individuality. So I think in the beginning, being celebrated as a queer person or being celebrated as a minority. Okay, I'm going to focus specifically on being queer. So in the beginning, where you're learning to come out, learning to accept yourself, and you're finally accepting of yourself, to be celebrated is, it's amazing. Because I remember going to my first Pride, and I was like, wow, there's so much love here. Everyone is just looking at me like an equal, and not like I'm different, and not like I'm an outcast or a black sheep or a rainbow sheep, like I to refer to myself. Um, <laughs> so I think in the important Um, But again, it could be different for other people, but I felt it was empowering because I really felt like I fit somewhere and I found like-minded people that I could relate to. I think as you get older and you, I mean, it's been, what, six years since I've come out and now I'm just very comfortable. Like I won't go to a pride parade unless I'm like really feeling the vibe because also I'm a really introvert and I'm a hermit crab that likes to sit at home and watch series and read books. (laughs) Um, relatable 
<laughs> yeah. So I think it's important to some people and to other people. It's like, ugh, you know, we're not going to be against it if you're doing it. But yeah, oh, no, because I, don't I, know if that makes I constantly, sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I constantly feel it's a bit patronizing because if I'm like, if a white uh, Christian male comes and says, "Oh, Muslims, yes, let's celebrate them," it feels like a bit patronizing. <laughs> yeah. Am I your pet or what? So that's that's why I have mixed feelings about that. Um, <laughs> so Nabs, what do you think about being celebrated? Yeah. I'm like, I, for me, it's just treat me like a human being. Treat me like I want to be treated. No, there's no, I don't care about the celebrating part, but just respect me um, as a human being. Of course. Yeah. And do human beings be celebrated because they're human beings? No, we just exist as human beings. That's why I say that celebrating is very different from comprehending. Just be nice. Just be a nice person. Exactly. That's what I mean. Um, But yeah. Oh, I mean, it's uh, as Zaria says, it's very yeah. a very personal thing. So, of course, no one mm. is going to yeah. um, have the same idea about it. Yeah, of course. I have a question. What is the most ridiculous thing you've been asked? Okay, so the most ridiculous was someone okay. asked who's the man in the relationship. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh my god! Yes, because people always have this misconception <laughs> that one needs, to, like, one woman needs to yeah. be the butch one, and one <laughs> is the petite feminine one, and I'm just like, you can't yeah. ask those guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I mean, there are there are <laughs> women, there are women in relationships who are more inverted commas masculine than their male partners so like yeah. you don't go and ask who's the man and woman in so, your wait like why does it have to be a male and yes. a female yeah because we're, we're all heterosexual <laughs> so you don't need to come out see that's the solution <laughs> okay um yeah. and what's the funniest thing you've been asked i mean not really ridiculous but maybe the funniest um oh i was out with one of my flames and um this like guy came up to us and he was like oh can can i join you and we were like no he's like as friends and we're like oh my god no together he was like as friends right and i was like bro please just leave (laughs) oh my god why are men yeah. so entire? Like, I think this this whole not thing, all like, men, not all men, not all men. Okay, but a, a, a fair amount of men. <laughs> a fair amount. I think that um, the porn industry has fetishized mm-hmm. lesbians yeah. to a point where men think they are entitled to just butt themselves into. A relationship between yeah. two women like no one asked you that yeah, like yeah. no one wants yeah. you there like exactly i mean okay <sighs> just just for your satisfaction and your pleasure it's frustrating and your fantasy yeah. <laughs> wow um, it's so frustrating um, and the way they depict us in the industry is terrible wow. yes mm-hmm. that's true that's true um well it's been great, uh, to be fair. Um, it's so insightful. Um, and 
we hope that our audience, I mean, is to a certain level where they can conceive, of course, diversity. Um, and I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, so, really, thank you very much, Zahra. Uh, it's been super insightful, as always. Um, and we do really hope, yeah, we do really hope um, you can kind of get back to normality with all the people uh, around you, be it your family, your friends, everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it will come a day yeah. where even the Muslim community will come to accept diversity um, and, and that's yeah. it. So really do wish you the best. We are bringing back Song of the Week. So let's choose our Songs of the Week. I will start this time yes. with uh, Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill uh, Gang. It's a song, it's very famous from 1979. It's super, super famous. It's mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you bring back the old years. Yeah, it's, uh, one of us has, has to do it. What yeah. about you, Nabs? Uh, mine is Hero by Fosia. Okay, makes sense. Oh, I like it. And Zara, do you have a song a song we've been listening to uh, this week? Um, it's Repeat by it Masejo. It's okay. called Yebo. It's amazing. Yebo. Um, yeah. Yebo. What, what? Local. Okay. It's not local, actually, but he is he part South African, but it's a great song. You should listen to Masejo. Yeah, but, you know, we just claim it as local. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, all right, marvelous. So, so, do you have a one piece of advice you'd give to younger queer youth, Muslim queer youth? Um, Something I'd, that you wish someone had told you back in the day. I'd say, don't be scared, and but I'd also say, be careful because there's a lot of trauma that comes out of it. But don't be scared to love your truth, to be yourself, and to just be comfortable in your own skin and to love yourself. It is so important to love yourself because if you don't love yourself, nobody else is going to. As sinister mm. and sad as that sounds, you need to be you need to be there for yourself first. You need to be comfortable in seeing all the parts of yourself before you can go forward into bigger things. That's true. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And I feel like, like that applies to all, um, my, inver again, inverted yeah. commas, minorities. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, live your, your truth. Like, don't be apologetic yes. about who you are. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, so where can we find you on social media? Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Zahra.Lombarda. And on Twitter, it's at Z underscore with underscore a plan. Yeah, I think I got that right. <laughs> it's just an underscore between each word. Z with a plan. We'll, we'll share it on our socials as well. So, yeah. you know, if anyone wants to you know chat to you privately mm, or you know yeah can they contact you yeah. first of all we need your consent <laughs> no definitely i'm all for baby gays contact just someone to speak to so yeah and um zahra zahra is also quite involved um with palestinian activism as well that's great that's great yeah she's a she's a yeah. uh woman of many 
talents and <laughs> that's the best thing feel, i mean you're you doing two degrees right yeah um science and art sure oh wow <laughs> good luck good luck with that and thank you. thank you thank you so much thank you for being thank with you for us. joining us yeah, yes absolutely thanks. it was fun and thank you for having me <laughs> absolutely absolutely thank you and uh, to everyone listening thank you for joining us and we will talk to you next week goodbye Bye.